Good morning, New Life Church. How are we doing today? Awesome. All right. Well, hey, my name is Tyler Baroni. I am so excited to be here with you this morning. I want to welcome everybody who's watching us online at the North Platte campus, at the Ogallala campus. Man, we are so excited that you guys are here at New Life Church today. Thank you for being a part of New Life. And how many of us have enjoyed this Win the Day series so far? We enjoyed it so far? Man, I know I've been challenged by it. I've been moved by it. I mean, we've had incredible, like, titles to the sermon, right? I mean, we had Flip the Script, Kiss the Wave. How many enjoyed last week, Kiss the Wave? Man, it was so good. And so I'm like, I'm so excited to continue this sermon series. And when I saw the title of my message, I wasn't sure what to think. And, and it's Eat the Frog, okay? Eat the Frog. And I'm reading that, and, and you got to see, I moved here from Colorado, Okay, and we really don't eat frogs where I'm at. All right, not even the legs. I know some people eat the legs, and it's you know we don't even do that. Okay, so I was like, man, I don't know what this is going to be about, but thankfully we're not headed in that direction of what it's going to take to physically eat a frog. This uh, title, "Eat the Frog," really comes from a quote from Mark Twain that reads like this: "If you have to eat a live frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning." And when I initially read that, I'm like, yeah, I'm not about that. That's really not what I want to do, you know. But, but kind of breaking this down, breaking this quote down from Mark Twain, there's a couple of things that I pick up. And really the first one is what that comes to my mind is what we do to start our day. What is it that we do to start our day each and every morning, right? When we wake up, the first thing we do, how does it impact the rest of our day. And, and so the first start thing I started to do was think about a couple of people who have really good morning routines. Anybody here a morning person? Okay, we've got some morning people. You're here at 8.30. Of course we're morning people, right? Absolutely. But, you know, I, I really started thinking about the, the different types of morning routines. And one of the first things that came to my mind, one of the first people was Mark Wahlberg. And so I'm not going to go all Marky Mark and expect us to be Mark Wahlberg here this morning. But I do want to take a moment and just look at this guy's morning schedule because it is absolutely insane. Mark Wahlberg's typical daily schedule, 2.30 in the morning is when he starts his day. He wakes up at 2.30 in the morning. I am not even to sleep some nights at 2.30 in the morning, right? I know that's a lot of us here in this place, but 2.30, this guy wakes up. Already, something I can't do, right? 2.45, he starts prayer. Good job, Mark. Proud of you for that. Thank you for praying. Uh, 3.15, he's got breakfast. 3.40 to 5.15, he starts his workout. How many of us are just waking up at 5.15? Some of us, right? Yeah, he's already got his workout done at 5.15. 5.30 a.m., he has a post-workout meal, or if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you would call it second breakfast, right? He's on his second breakfast at this time. Six in the morning, he takes a shower. 7.30 in the morning, he plays golf. My kind of guy. I, I appreciate that. Good job, Mark. 8 a.m., this guy's eating a snack. And at 9.30 in the morning, he's in the cryotherapy chamber for recovery. Talk about a morning schedule, right? Talk about just a, a way to kick off your morning. And I'm not saying that what we need to do here is go jump into a cryotherapy chamber to start our day. But there are really a few things that we can take away from Mark's schedule and a few things we can apply to our lives. And, and reading this for the very first time, I was like, 
First of all, this guy's insane, right? There's no way I'm ever having a morning schedule like this because I simply wouldn't be able to find the time. I wouldn't be able to find the time. And the truth of the matter is to have a morning schedule like this, to have a routine like this, you would never find time. You know, time isn't like the, the extra coins that you find, you know, tucked away in your couch cushion. In fact, you're only going to get 86,400 seconds each and every day. You see, when it comes to morning routines and it comes to starting our day up right and, and planning things, you have to make time for moments like this. You have to make time because you're not going to find extra time just laying around. And, and a, a schedule like this really requires you to work the night before. How many of you guys have ever been like, all right, I got it. Maybe it's like a New Year's time, right? You're like, I'm going to wake up and I am going to just have a great morning and I'm going to wake up at 5.30 and I'm going to go get the workout in and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read. And then it's like 7.30 and you slept through your alarm, right? We've all been there before. I know I have a lot. And a lot of times it's because we don't plan the night before. See, Mark Wahlberg goes to bed at 7.30 every night. 7.30. There's many times where I'm just now eating dinner, okay? Especially when my wife's out of town, I'm pouring my bowl of Lucky Charms at 7.30 because my wife's not there to cook for me and set me on schedule, right? Come on, fellas. We know how that is. We know how that is. And you can be assured that we're not going to talk about the rest of, spend the rest of our time talking about how we need to wake up at 2.30. But there's a quote from Admiral William McRaven that I wanted to read. And it says, if we, if we want to change our world, if we want to change our lives, we need to start each day by making our bed. And, and initially you're like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But really the, the psychology and the thought behind this is that if we start the day with a task completed, if we start the day with doing something right, it's going to give you that motivation to do another task, right? And it's going to give you just that little extra like sense of accomplishment. Now, okay, cool, I made my bed. Now I can get up and I can brush my teeth, hopefully. Hopefully most of us do that in the morning, right? And then, then you have another sense of accomplishment. And, it's like, and then you can go down and you complete another task and you complete another task and you're going through your day and, and by the end of it, you get to the end of the day and you've got a lot of tasks done, right? There's so much to be said about starting our morning right. And really, when we do the little things right, it sets up our day for a win, and now I don't want you to think like, all right, Tyler's going to give us some repackaged self-help talk here, talking about Mark Wahlberg and some William McRaven guy. That's not what we're going to do this morning. But what we got to understand is that doing the little things right is not just a good thing, but it's a God thing as well. See, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, we read this, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Right? So we can see here that God has an emphasis. God puts an emphasis on doing the little things right. Making sure that we start our day right. Making sure we do little things right. And, and God shows us this throughout the entire Bible. But there's a story that I don't think really represents this passage much better. And that's the story of David and Goliath. 
And man, whether you've grown up in church, whether you've, you've you know, heard the actual story of David and Goliath or not before, we've all at least heard that line, David and Goliath, right? David beats Goliath. Maybe you've heard it referenced in sports. Maybe you've heard it, uh, you know, just through in your work. Whatever it may be, we've all really heard that quote before. And we love that. Everyone loves the David and Goliath story, right? Because it's, it's the little guy who takes down the big guy. And it's this little teenage boy who takes out the giant. It's the underdog who takes out the favorite. We all love a good David and Goliath story because that's a big thing. That's a big deal when David takes down Goliath. But we have to understand, David didn't roll out of bed one day half asleep and decide he's going to kill Goliath. See, David did the small things right. See, what we know about David is that he was a servant to his family, to his brothers. He had a lot of brothers, and he would run out to the battlefield, and he would give these guys food, and he would give them water, right? He was serving his family, and he did it well. He did it with everything that he had. He was also a shepherd, right? And he had to take care of the sheep, and and that required a lot of discipline. It required a lot of courage from David, so much so that a lion rolled into town one day, And went to attack his sheep, and he had to defend his sheep, and he killed that thing with his bare hands. Okay, that's a bad dude right there. He's like 13 at the time, okay? I don't know if there's any 13-year-olds I know who are going to be killing lions with their bare hands. And then next, a bear comes along, right? A bear comes along, and he's ready to take out these sheep, and he's, you know, David's got to step in. and, And David kills this bear with his bare hands. To us, that's a big thing, right? Like, man, that, a grizzly bear? I don't know if it's a grizzly bear. Probably not. But a bear? A lion? You killed that with your bare hands? Right? Can you imagine the story that you would be able to tell your friends? They're like, yeah, man. I was sitting there drinking my tea on my deck, and in comes this lion. And what I did, man, I just put that thing in like a rear naked choke and just choked that thing out, man. Gouged his eyes. Yeah, that's how I did it. I would promise you it would be a lot more entertaining than the exaggerated fishing stories that we tell, right? I promise it would be a lot better than those stories. And to, those, to us, that would be a big thing. But you see, in relation to Goliath, those are small. Man, when you, when you put a bear next to Goliath, it's small. When you put a lion next to Goliath, it was small. But David did every other task well. And what David really proved to us is that if we do small things like they're big things, It allows God to do big things like they're small things. If we do the small thing, if we do the little thing, if we run the food and water out, if we, if we run the, 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 um, you know, the bread out to our brothers and we kill the lion and we kill the bear, if we do little things like they're big things, it allows God to do big things like they're little things. You see, that's something that we're reminded of, a principle of how we should work in Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 23, it says this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. When we do the little things right, everything that we do, everything that we do, we're doing it for the Lord. Starting the day off right and, and everything we, doing everything we do with excellence is, is incredibly important. It's really the pushing that first domino of our day, right, and then watching the domino effect take place. But how many of you guys have ever started the day off really, really well? 
You woke up, you did your devotional, you, 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 know, you said your prayer, you're, you know, things are going great. Maybe you even made your bed, you've got a good breakfast, and then you get cut off in traffic. And you're like, well, that ruined my day, right? Or man, maybe, maybe it's something a little bigger than that. You get to work and man, there's something going on at work. And, and it's like, man, I really don't want to face that. It's something I really don't want to do today is, is face this. Or maybe it's even deeper than that. Maybe your, your re, uh, situation with your family is resurfaced throughout the day. Maybe something in your life comes up and it's just like, man, I, I, I forgot that I had to do this. Or I forgot, man, I wanted to just forget about this moment and, and just kind of put it away. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we've got to understand that eating the frog is not just about how we start the morning. It's about doing that thing that you don't want to do. We've all probably had a frog in our life that we've neglected to eat. And, you know, the longer we wait on it, the fatter that frog gets. And the fatter that frog gets, eventually you're faced with a frog that just seems too big to eat. And so what do most of us do at that point? We tell ourselves, oh, it's okay. I'll do it later. It's all right. I'll, I'll do it later. And eventually we get so used to kicking the can down the road that we simply learn to live with the heaviness of the frog because we believe eating it would be too difficult. We simply learn to just say, oh, it's okay. This, this situation, this problem that I'm dealing with, right? It's okay. I'm just going to learn to live with how heavy this is instead of actually understanding that I can eat this frog. You see, we, we see this unfold in, in the life of a man who did a lot of things right. And what we have to understand about this is when we live this way, we're missing out on the freedom and wholeness that God wants us to experience. And, and we see in, in Mark chapter 10, we, we hear this story about a man just simply titled the rich young ruler. Initially, hey, who doesn't want to be like this guy, right? He's a rich young ruler we dive into his life a little bit, we do just a, a little bit of digging into this rich young ruler's life. And we see that not only was he rich, not only was he young, it doesn't say he's charming, but at this point I'm going to say he's charming, right? Not only was he all of these things, he did everything right. He obeyed the laws. He did the right thing. He, he knew the right people. He said the right things. See, at first glance, that's somebody that all of us would be like, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like him because he must have it all figured out. He must know exactly what he's doing. But we can see that there's a part of him that is missing because he approaches Jesus. And he says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? See, he's done all the little things, right? He knows that he's a good person, but he knows there's something that's lacking. And so he asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know, you know all the laws, you know the commands, follow them, honor your father and mother. And he's like, I've done all that since I was a kid. And in verse 21, Mark 10, verse 21, we pick up and look at Jesus' response here. It says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Go and sell everything, all that you've worked for, everything in your life that has brought you to this moment, to this place, this, this stature in your life. I want you to sell that and come follow me. 
You see, Jesus knew this man's frog was putting God first in his finances. That's what he knew about this man. This was his frog, right? And I find it interesting that Jesus, it says, he ends with this, then come follow me. And we don't really know exactly what, you know, what's going to happen with this man. But what I do know is that that's how, Peter, or that's how Jesus invited Peter. That, that exact word, that's how he invited a lot of his disciples. He ended with, then come follow me. And so what, what is, you know, Jesus is saying to this person is, man, I've got a better life for you. Man, I've got something incredibly important, incredible planned out for your life. If you would just do this, if you would just take care of this and come follow me. And in verse 22, we read this. It says, at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. He knew he couldn't do it. He knew that frog for him was just too big to eat, and he missed out on an incredible life with Jesus because he couldn't eat the frog. See, the rich young ruler's frog was to put God first in his finances, and he delayed. And delayed delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience, and this young man drops his head, and he walks away. And so for, for me, this really takes me to a, a time in my life where I knew I was faced with something. God was telling me to do something, right? God was calling me to do something, and I needed to act on that. It was actually just a, a few months ago. We were here visiting Kearney, Nebraska, and my wife grew up here, and uh, we were here for Thanksgiving. I'm born and raised in Colorado, and, and we're out here, and I get this sense that maybe God wants me to live here. And the first thing, I was like, God, there's no way I'm living in Nebraska, okay, God? It is windy out there, okay? Come on, somebody. It's windy, right? And it smells kind of weird sometimes, right? When the wind gets blowing, right, I can smell the cows. I'm just like, man, I'm not living there, God, right? I'm not living there. And it became more apparent. I slowly began to realize that it was God and that God was calling me here. But I wasn't sure where I would live. I wasn't sure what I would do. I wasn't sure, you know, about any of that. And so I just, you know, I did what we all do. I'll do it. I'll do it later. I, I'll, I'll worry about that later. Maybe it was just me who thought that. And, and we're driving home, and, and I get this weird urge that I need to call Pastor Jeff. You see, my wife grew up here at New Life, and, and I get this sense that I need to call Pastor Jeff. I'm like, that makes no sense to me. That Pastor Jeff doesn't even know me, okay? Pastor Jeff does not even know who I am. I visited like three times. Sure, I've met him, but he, you know, he's, he doesn't know who I am. I'm just going to call him up and ask him if there's a job opportunity at his church? Like, that's ridiculous, God. There is zero chance I'm going to do that. But I knew without a doubt, man, that's something that I needed to do. It was something that I, I just had to do, and I was nervous, I was confused, and I knew for sure in my mind, hey, this ain't working. This definitely isn't going to work, but I knew I needed to do it, and, and you know, I could have put this off for a really long time. I could be, oh, I'll call him later. You see, I was uh, in ministry in Denver, and I had a job, and I had my family there, and everything was good in this moment, but I knew I had to call Pastor Jeff, and I knew for me, in order to call Pastor Jeff, I had to give myself a deadline. 
I had, to, I had to give myself a physical deadline of, hey, I'm going to call Pastor Jeff at this point. Because deadlines really are lifelines when it comes to eating the frog. Deadlines are your lifelines when it comes to eating the frog, right? If we don't put a deadline to it, if we don't say, hey, this is when I'm going to do this, this is when I'm going to accomplish this, then it simply won't get done because we'll just put it off. I'll do it later. So I told myself, 30 minutes, kind of a short deadline, but you know what? I had to give myself something. So I gave myself 30 minutes. Hindsight, I wish it was a lot longer, but I gave myself 30 minutes. I'm at the grocery store and uh, King Supers, it's the grocery store of Colorado. And, and I'm there, I'm in the parking lot, right? And I'm, I'm rehearsing it in my head. Like, this is exactly what I'm going to say. Oh yeah, that's a good line. I better put that one in there, right? I'm rehearsing this, this conversation with Pastor Jeff in my head. And, 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 you know, I do it like 10 times and I look and I'm like, oh man, I've got just a couple minutes. I've got a few minutes. I got to make the call. I've got to make the call. And so just a couple minutes before my deadline ended, I, I called Pastor Jeff and it went to voicemail. I was like, okay. I was not expecting this. I did not rehearse a voicemail. Okay. I, I rehearsed the conversation. Like, I got this. All right. I can do this. I left the worst voicemail I've ever left in my entire life. I promise. It was, I butchered it. I literally started off the voicemail by saying, hi, Pastor Jeff, my name is Tyler Baroni. I am Sarah's wife. <laughs> That's what I said. And in that moment, I'm like, yeah, there's zero chance he's calling me back. He's like, yep, that's why we don't hire people from Colorado, because they're on something out there and they can't talk straight, right? <laughs> so I'm in this moment, I'm just like, oh man, he's, there's no way Pastor Jeff's calling me back. Pastor Jeff, it took him a while. I figured it would after a voicemail like that. But he called me back. And we talked and we met and we, we came out here for the holidays and we met at coffee and, and here we are this morning. You see, when it comes to eating the frog, it doesn't require perfection. It requires us to do the natural so God can do the super. Eating the frog doesn't mean it has to be perfect. Sometimes your voicemail isn't going to sound great. Sometimes you taking that first step in life of eating that frog isn't always going to be perfect, but it doesn't have to be. It's us doing the natural so God can do the super in the supernatural. And I think for many of us in this room, the reason we don't even begin to eat the frog is because we feel as if we're not good enough. We feel as if we're going to fail. So what's the point of even trying? What's the point of even trying? Our own insecurity will keep us from even attempting to eat the frog in our life. So maybe it's a past experience or a past failure, but, but you know, Tyler, you, you just don't understand. Like, I've failed so many times in the past. I mean, this happened to me in my life, and this is why I can't. Maybe it was a failed diet plan or a failed workout plan where it's just like, you're, you're, you know, you're going along, and it's just like, I'm going to do this, and then two weeks in, man, you fail, and, and you're just like, that's why, I don't, that's why I don't work out. That's why I don't put, take care of my physical body. It's because I've, I've failed in the past. Maybe it's an inability to complete a devotional or, or, man, when you start reading the Bible, you just can never get into it. And so you're like, I'm not even really going to try in the mornings because I've tried and it just doesn't work. Or maybe it's a series of failed relationships and every time I put myself out there, I get hurt. Or every time I put myself out there, something happens. And so I'm not even going to get connected to a life group because I've failed. 
For others, maybe it's a fear. A fear of exposing yourself to a past hurt that you've kind of tucked away. Well, this is why I don't eat the frog. I, I was hurt. This, this was a moment in my life that hurt me and it brought me pain. And there's no way I'm bringing that back up. For some of us, it's the fear of, un, of the unknown. And it's the fear of being uncomfortable. And we find ourselves carrying around that same frog over and over and over because you don't feel like you can eat it. Can I share some good news with you this morning? In Christ, you can. You can. See, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has become, begun. We also read in Philippians 4.13, and maybe many of you have heard this if you grew up in church. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Can I tell you something? That in our own humanness, in our weakness, we look at things and say, I can't do it. But it's not perfection that God is looking for. It's us stepping out, doing the natural, so God can do the super and the supernatural. In Christ, you can do it. And so I think the question for us to ask today is what is my frog? What is my frog? What's that one thing in life I've been carrying around with me? What's that one thing in life that I know God has been telling me to do? I know God is encouraging me. I know God's put it on my heart but you haven't acted on it because you're afraid, confused, or lacked self-confidence. For some of us, it may be taking care of our physical bodies. For some of us, it, it may be starting a, a good exercise plan or, or starting a, a, a good nutrition plan. For some, it may be putting God first in your day. Waking up in the morning and saying, God, I'm gonna read in the morning. I'm gonna pray in the morning, right? Maybe it's putting God first in your finances. Maybe it's a phone call that you need to make, whether it's a phone call that you need to make to somebody about a job in Nebraska that you have no idea about, or maybe it's a phone call that you need to make to let somebody know, hey, I just, I just want to let you know, I forgive you. You hurt me, and I, and I want to let you know that I forgive you. Or maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. For others, it may be setting up that counseling appointment that you've been neglecting. You've just been hiding from that therapy appointment because you've got so much pain buried deep down inside of you that there's no way you want that to resurface. Maybe for some, it's, it's starting the process for recovery from an addiction. So, but whatever that frog is in your life, you are capable of eating it. You've put it off for too long. You've gotten used to this, this heaviness of the frog for too long. We've said, I'll do it later for too long. See, just like that rich young ruler, God's got a plan. God's got a hope. God's got a better life planned out for you. Delayed obedience is disobedience, man. For a lot of us, God is calling us to eat the frog some of us, that's a big frog because you've carried that frog around for 15, 20, 30 years. But whatever the frog is in your life, you are capable to eat it. 
Put God first in your day. Start off by making your bed. Start off with a task completed. Set a deadline to eat your frog with the understanding that it may not be perfect. It may get a little messy. It may get a little uncomfortable. It may a little get a weird. But when you step out and do the natural in life, it allows God to take place and do the super. Eating the frog takes courage. Eating the frog takes discipline. But there's hope. In Hebrews 12, 11, we read this. It says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be tears. There's going to be pain. There's going to be emotions. But can I tell you that if you would step out and do the natural, if you would step out and say, all right, God, I'm going to eat this frog because I know it's what you've called me to do and I'm not going to delay any longer. I'm going to do the small things right that it's worth it. Do the little things like they're big things. Put God first in your day, in your life, in your finances, and eat the frog. Will you stand with me as we close? Jesus, we love you. God, I pray for each and every person in this place, Lord. God, that right now, Lord, you would just begin to reveal to them what that frog is in their life. Maybe they know, maybe they don't, but that one thing that we've been carrying around for too long, God, you you say, cast your burdens on me. We've carried that around too long. God, in these next few moments, as we worship you, as we praise you, God, would you just give us the strength that no matter how heavy this frog is, no matter how difficult it's been, no matter how difficult it may be, would you give us the strength to understand it doesn't have to be perfect, but I can do something natural. I can start the process, and I can let you do the supernatural in my life. Because, Jesus, we know you ate the frog when you went to the cross. God, be with us this morning. In your name we pray, amen.